The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And uh, thank you, Neil, for being here and for posting. So, um, one of the things that we may wish for ourselves and others when we do loving-kindness practice is, may you be well. There are several ways to think about this, right? One way might be wishing good health, and some people say, may you be healthy. Um, I tend to say, may you be well, because I'm aware that people are often dealing with all different kinds of health conditions, and maybe uh, they may never return to what we might call healthy, but it doesn't mean they can't experience mental well-being. So I thought an interesting thing to explore this evening might be, what might it include as you wish yourself or someone else well-being? What comes to mind as important in creating a sense of well-being? When you experience it, what, what's happening? And also, what is not happening? Are there states of mind or emotion that you feel free of when you have a sense of well-being? Um, can you be going through an illness or coping with pain and still have mental well-being? So perhaps we can practice sending wishes of well-being tonight with a bit of curiosity about what well-being might contain. And with that, settling into your meditation in the way that supports you right in this moment. perhaps with a sense of curiosity about what's what's helpful for you right now what's supportive What is being known as you sit, as you meditate? Allowing awareness to show you 
the state of your body. the state of feeling or emotions that may or may not be present. Any states of mind No need to dig, just simply noticing whatever is obvious. And perhaps noticing if there is some well-being, mental well-being present. If so, what's here that is well-being? Maybe partial or even just a small amount. What's here with that? And if there is no well-being, what is missing? What might you wish for yourself? Allowing yourself time to become aware of someone to whom you might like to send wishes of friendliness, of loving kindness this evening. Noticing what first pops to mind could be yourself. could be a benevolent being or person. 
or a close friend. Could just be someone you see in passing that you don't know that well. Or it could even be someone who poses some slight challenge or a little bit of difficulty for you. Anyone that pops to the top, allowing yourself to bring that person fully to mind and heart. Seeing their good qualities or that they're human. They have natural human longings and needs and wishes, experiences. Or if they are a non-human being, they have natural needs and wishes. Perhaps all creatures would like to be on the receiving end of non-harming and some kindness. And allowing yourself to send these wishes or this inclination of mind towards friendliness, kindness to that person or being or yourself. And you can send this non-verbally, just feeling that intention. Maybe it radiates from your body, your mind, your thoughts. Or if it's supportive, using phrases and repeating them very quietly in your own mind or just taking them in as I say them. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be at ease.
as you send these wishes or other kind wishes, noticing what goes with those words, what images, what feelings, what states of being are you wishing for the person? Lightly allowing whatever bubbles up to to bubble into the meditation. As you imagine them receiving these intentions of kindness, safety, well-being, happiness, ease. Continuing in your own way, in silence.
I was looking today at a sutta that had some interesting ideas about well-being um, attributed to the Buddha. And he was clearly talking to lay people in the sutta. And he's, he cited four qualities that lead to a lay person's happiness and well-being in this life. And they were first, you know, being clever and untiring in the way that you make your living. Second was being careful with whatever wealth you gain honestly. And he, he says not being parted from it by thieves, kings, or hateful heirs. So being careful about whatever wealth you gain. Third, spending time with admirable friends. And so spending time with people who, he said, are advanced in virtue, that you engage with them in discussion, and you emulate their conviction if they have conviction. And usually that term refers to conviction about liberation uh, through the practice. Um, You emulate their virtue. If you find friends that are good at generosity, you emulate their generosity. And those who are, um, he says, consummate in discernment, you emulate that. Discernment is often another word that's used for wisdom. So he called this admirable friendship. And that was the third thing he recommended for happiness and well-being. And the fourth was um knowing the income and outflow of your wealth. So maintaining your livelihood in tune, which meant neither waste money nor be a penny pincher um, and, you know, keeping things balanced. So clearly, you know, a way to live a happy or content life as a lay person. But then the sutta goes on further, and I will um, share the link to this with Neil this evening so that he can post it if you're interested in reading the sutta. But he goes on to talk about how someone would achieve happiness and well-being in future lives. To me, um, this actually signals how you could become liberated from suffering in this life too. So one, he says, being consummate in conviction, being consummate in virtue, being consummate in generosity, being consummate in discernment. So he describes being consummate in conviction as coming to the knowledge that the Buddha did did indeed achieve freedom from suffering. In other words, it's a way of having some confidence that it is possible. Being consummate in virtue was abstaining from taking life, abstaining from stealing, abstaining abstaining from illicit sexual conduct, from lying, and from taking intoxicants that cause heedlessness. And then the third, being consummate in generosity, was being freely generous, open-handed, delighting in being magnanimous, responsive to requests, delighting in the distribution of alms. In other words, money that's given and, and goods that are given away. And then fourth, being consummate in discernment, um, Endowed with discernment of arising and passing away. In other words, you're seeing experience as it arises and it passes away here and now. Noble, penetrating, leading to the right ending of stress. In other words, you find the wisdom through practice that leads to the end of suffering. 
So I thought those were interesting ideas for well-being. And as we go into breakout groups, we can offer well-being to ourselves and other group members by following the group guidelines that we've been recently talking about. One, treat this as formal mindfulness practice. Keep practicing. It's not an ordinary social interaction. Uh, Continuing in a meditative way, speak mindfully and listen with care instead of having a conversation. Stay on the evening's topic. I'll, I'll give a specific question to discuss. And please stick to that, sharing about that. That's part of the formal practice. Sharing about it and listening to what others share about it, which may enrich your understanding of it. It's definitely not the time to engage in chit-chat about where you live, how the weather is, or things that just happened in your life. And this comes to avoiding what is called crosstalk. What that means is please don't comment, don't offer opinions, don't interrupt, don't ask questions about what somebody else shares, and don't share more until everybody has a turn. The groups are usually three or four people, and each person shares one short thing and then goes to the next person. And we'll start with the person whose first name begins with a letter closest to A. We'll work our way to Z. Um, so it also means don't attempt to teach other group members. You know, trust that everybody's here to learn from their own uh, sharing and from each other's sharing. And definitely don't comment on anybody else. Um, now, some people are not accustomed to formal practice like this. And if that's true for you, notice what comes up for you in being very quiet and listening mindfully. You might notice it's different, you know, than a normal social gathering. And sometimes people feel uncomfortable, unfamiliar. Just allow yourself to be mindfully aware of that. So please take turns, please be brief, and um, then be mindful of your internal reactions. Part of this is really staying inside. That's part of your development in this practice is work with any reactivity that comes up, work with any commentary, any any happiness for someone else, you know, kindness towards someone else. And then um, finally, please realize this is not group therapy. Um, we all come to this with suffering, stress, dissatisfaction. The reason, the reasons that bring us to practice are tough, but everyone in the group is working with their own challenges, and 10 minutes of exchange between each other is not sufficient for uh, really getting the help you need with any emotional or relational issues, trauma, addiction issues that may be bringing you to practice. So out of respect for yourself and what those challenges might deserve and out of respect for other group members, please don't try to go into that kind of sharing. Stay with the topic. And then finally, respect the confidentiality. Um, you're not going to share what someone said by name when we come back to the large group or in your life. And um, you can share what came up for you. So this evening's discussion point is what for you and for those to whom you sent kind wishes, what constitute well-being? What is it? And what is it? What is it? And also what is absent if there's well-being? So I will set you up in these breakout groups and uh, wish you 
enjoyment as you do this practice together. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Welcome back. We now have about eight minutes um, for any sharing, any inspirations that you have about well-being, uh, anything you learned about yourself tonight about what well-being is and is not, uh, any questions, comments. You can unmute yourself if you're not visible, um, and you can raise your hand or unmute if you are visible and Yes, Ali, please. Sorry, Liz. Hi. Hi. Hi, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, if something came up as we went around. I mean, actually, for me, I thought I'll share. And, uh, see if you have any reactions or anything that you can open up for me. Uh, for me, I mean, I come mostly, and then uh, some of the folks that I've spoken with, uh, you know, throughout the, my uh, Buddhist journey is that like they're trying to look at things from different angles and this and that. And I'm not sure, uh, maybe more than whatever the general population does, I don't know. We are more inclined to looking at like how we get reactive, which is helpful. But I don't know if we can do anything about it that much as uh, like I don't have that much agency as far as just changing things or whatnot. And I'm just uh, looking at it again from that angle. Uh, that how, uh, how is that uh, for me when I sit and see the reactivity and looking at it or just trying not to, I know you're not pushing the, I mean, like my, I'm looking at it, the kindness to self and others or whatnot, but uh, trying to bring that idea in, how much of that is really in uh, one's not control, but like uh, doing. So the, I know I have some agency, but, and I know we do that more than a general population. I'm not sure if it's that much helpful. Anyway, that's what some of Okay, this is, a, thoughts. yes, and it's a really good question because, First and foremost, what we're doing here is meeting whatever arises in experience, right? Just as it is right now. And awareness itself of that is uh, one step more towards freedom than being just caught up in it and not even being aware at all. Mm -hmm. So um, we can definitely, uh, over time, as we're aware of something, sometimes we spend a long time hanging out with something and just noticing it coming up again and again. And um, sometimes we're even like, really, I'm doing the same thing again. It's okay. We need to learn more about it. We, we're present with it. It comes up. And then sometimes over time, a little space opens up with that awareness as we understand a little more or we've hung out with it enough. Sometimes in some situations, we can see, oh, you know, I could do that same behavior. I could think that way or I could speak that way or I could behave in this way. And I know that's just going to lead to unhappiness again. No, it's not going to lead to well-being. Or maybe I'll try this other thing. So sometimes that little 
space for choice open up. Now that can take time. So don't push it. Don't be worried if it hasn't come up yet. If you just feel like I'm caught again and again, there's more for us to notice there. And then a, a different part of what you're asking about, there are definitely conditions over which we don't have control in this world. We all know it, right? There are things that our culture does or government does or even family members do, and we we don't have the power. So then we're present with, okay, you know, what comes up around that? So your point is something very, very important. And this practice is not to suggest that we can control everything. We're inclining our mind towards happiness, well-being, safety for ourselves or for other people. But that does not mean it's an agenda and they they have to comply or even that we are going to comply with it. We're just trying to lean the mind in that direction, continue to be aware and see what happens with that. So uh, tell me how this is landing and if this is addressing your concern. Yes, yes, it is addressing my concern. Thank you. But I'm just wondering if there's any, I don't think there's any, there can't be any statistics, but like folks like us or others that are interested in the spiritual paths are like somehow more inclined this way. And, uh, you know, their being is like this. Uh, I don't know, statistically, I mean, they're fine. Like maybe, I mean, I find like joy and amusement about finding myself. Whereas like, I don't know uh, what I'm asking. Are it's like some, some human beings like cooking some like this and some like others and stuff, whatever. But I mean, it's just like some sort of a, Anyway, I don't know what if I'm just trying to say. Yeah, yeah, well, I definitely don't have statistics. But I think this is one reason that the Buddha said, you know, find friends whose behavior you want to emulate. And that's also true for those of us who study consistently with a teacher like Gil. You know, there are things that we find like, oh, I notice Gil, you know, responds in these ways. I notice he's generous in these ways. Or, you know, and it gives us a model for someone who actually is, I'm going to say, further down the road, certainly than I am. And, you know, it's like, okay, that's an inspiration. If he got there, and I, and he's shared a little bit about the beginnings as he does his Dharma talks, how it was when he was a teen, etc. Okay, he got, he made progress. So it's possible. So thank you, Ali. That's, those are great reflections. And Izzy, please. Uh, I was thinking like, you know, for me, it's like uh, not just taking action for action's sake, but taking action in a thoughtful, thoughtful way and also accepting where you're at this point in time. You know, you might not, you know, do all your chores and errands today and that's where you are. Just live to fight another day. Beautiful. Thank you, Izzy. Um, Rain. Um, I, I want to thank this group at a group level. Um one of the things that we don't talk about out loud, but I've really gotten from this group is um, forgiveness. And um, two of the people I was choosing between two, I recently found out a sister is dying of cancer. And she's somebody that over the last two years or so, I've done a lot of forgiveness around. And I thought there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of peace about that. And the second person, and it's some of the things you have said, Liz, but um, I have a very dear friend childhood friend who decided to do bariatric surgery because they were morbidly obese. And um, I'd really begged them not to do it. And there's been some bad side effects that didn't. Anyway, I've been like 
at times finding myself not wanting to give him help and be compassionate. And I was like, wait a second, do I want to be right that I told you not to do that? Or do I want to be loving? And um, that is definitely a conversation I had with myself as a result of having been part of this group that, yeah, I'm going to choose loving. And I, I had all these weird things going on in my head, but, oh, that's the medical mafia is going to win because if I help him, it's like, shut up. Do I want to be right or do I want to be loving? And I just want to thank this group. There's many lessons like that I've been learning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Rain, for sharing that. And thank you, group, for supporting these realizations. What a beautiful question. Do I want to be right or do I want to be kind? Sometimes it really is like that, we, you know, and, um, you know, wishing you well as you go through this loss of your sister and yeah yeah this having support from other people who are engaged in these questions is really beneficial so thank you all very much for this evening and um if you'd like to unmute and say good night to one another please do thank you thank you can i say a couple more is it possible for you to stay? Yeah, Serena, yeah, I can do that. Okay, thank you so much. Really You're appreciate welcome. it. Sure. Yeah. What's up? Okay, so basically, I I do have a question. And um, it just wasn't formed while we were kind of doing questions. Sure. Uh, so basically, when there is a situation where uh, being in the company of a certain person has caused emotional harm because of where the other person is at. And um, their uh, unwillingness to work on themselves or, you know, bring their consciousness to a different level. And... Um, I had the experience of that. I keep on having that experience with my sister. It's like uh, keeping on, um, you know, expecting something that just she does not capable of doing. Okay. A really important realization. Yeah. So, um, but I keep on being kind of, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know whether it's hopeful or whether, um, or um, maybe I'm not really clear enough. It could be that I'm kind of in uh, in a state of fog that she's not capable and she's doing the same behavior and I better get myself out of the way, you know, because I think not having self-harm done to self is, is really primary. I can't do all the other things if I can't prevent somebody from from harming me. Right. And it is important sometimes to protect oneself from another person if we find their behavior or their speech harmful. And I appreciate your your, you know, heart wanting for your sister to somehow heal and that someday this will work out. We never know. But, you know, there is some wisdom in protecting yourself until your heart is so strong. And sometimes this practice can help you develop a heart that 
cannot be harmed by someone else's comments or behaviors because that's out there and this is in here. But at first, no. I mean, you know, people can say wounding things. It can strike us at a vulnerable spot. They can do wounding things. And so there's some some wisdom in protecting yourself from that. So is so that helpful? I, that's That's helpful. And also, I guess I have an expectation perhaps that it's incorrect. And that is that if I'm doing so much meta and working so much on my own um, transformation, that somehow, you know, this idea of karma, why is that karma coming to me just the same? In other words, Uh. if, if, if I'm doing so much in terms of, of transforming my own stuff mm-hmm. and, and this stuff is still coming at me. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. So- I, swear, I don't, I don't get this, this, this cause and effect in this kind of situation. Well, remember that it's more complicated than just what you do. Right. It's it's also what other people do and conditions in our culture and lots of different things. So we don't have control over all of it. So even if we're doing the right actions for ourselves, the consequences of those might be good, but maybe the consequences of what your sister is doing or saying are not good. So... Yes. So, so what's, you know, what's this thing about, we are the heirs to our karma. So that means like you inherit the actions and consequences of other people too. Like an heir is someone who inherits something, right? So we inherited our biology from both parents. We inherited behaviors from our parents. We inherited family dynamics. We inherited the actions and consequences of our siblings right and so right. and so so, oh, so when we're so when responsible we, for that no 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 the wish for equanimity is even though i've received all that stuff some of which is not helpful it's even harmful i my happiness or unhappiness depends on what do i do from here not what they did in the past or in the present, but what do I do from here to either make myself happy or make myself unhappy? That's the point of that equanimity practice. So basically, me having pain and suffering over my sister's behavior, which happened today, I, you know, I, I, I really was full of pain and suffering over her behavior somehow that's that's the response that arose in me because i felt so depreciated and so unappreciated and so you know depreciated i guess would be a good word yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah so not appreciated so depreciated so taken for granted so kind of um how am I responsible for that, though? I'm not. You know, we're, we're, we're now talking about you're not responsible for your sister having done certain behaviors or said certain things that made you feel unappreciated. However, once she said and did those things, 
Yes. You could either feed your unhappiness by thinking, ah, again, my sister doesn't appreciate me. Why doesn't she appreciate me? Why does she deprecate me this way? This is terrible. This is awful. Do you see how the difference between that and maybe you could, you could practice, may her suffering come to an end? May our suffering come to an end? Because when she suffers and she talks like that, it, I, I feel bad too. May our suffering come to an end. So that's a different thing than going, oh, my sister, again, oh, this is, I hate this. You oh, know? Yeah, I, yeah, I know, but a lot of times it's not conscious. That's the problem. No, I get that she's not conscious. I get no, that. No, no, but even I am not. Oh, oh okay, I didn't, okay, I didn't, okay, I didn't get, all right. I didn't get all this pain and suffering. Right. I didn't get on, on how much pain I was in right. until I was at it. Uh, physically out of the situation and then right. I, I felt the pain right. it was like- right okay so that's awareness working for you so awareness is now showing you oh wow pain and suffering came up for me can I be compassionate to myself about that like of course after a lifetime of living with my sister's way of being and of, of suffering over that suffering is coming up right now, but can I be kind and compassionate with myself? That is going to be more inclined towards happiness than unhappiness. So the way you think about it, the way you hold yourself, just your part of it, just your part, which is being on the receiving end, the way you are with that will make for happiness or unhappiness. That's what that equanimity phrase is talking about and by the way you don't have to rush there sometimes we need a lot of time to just be aware of wow ouch 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 and can i be kind to myself right now can i be compassionate we may need to spend a lot of time with that before we ever get to the point where okay i can see i have choices happiness unhappiness that may take a while so don't push yourself here Okay, well, obviously, today, it, I was not there at all. And I, there was tremendous amount of pain and suffering. Yeah, which and, and, was- and you were aware this evening. So you were aware later, which is good. That's great. Right, right. Aware. Um, by the way, I just put and in. You posted, you posted the. Uh, the link. The, the link. Okay, thank okay. you so much. You're really welcome. Okay, I'm going to copy and paste. Okay, good. Okay. Thank you so much. Really appreciated your time. Really, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, Serena. Good night. Good night, dear.